Well, good morning. Happy Easter to you. Wow, that's really good. Thank you. Welcome. Fantastic to see you this wonderful Easter morning. Welcome as well to those of you who are joining us online. If we can't see you, trust you can see us. Okay. God is good. Jesus is alive. I'd like to thank the team who kicked the day off with breakfast for many of us. That's fantastic. A brilliant start to the day. Thank you very much indeed. And just to clarify, there will be BRBK next week. Youngsters meeting upstairs during our morning service next week. It's not on the notice sheet, but that will be happening. We gather to celebrate the presence of the risen Lord amongst us. Jesus walked the earth as we do today. And his life, death and the resurrection set us free to embrace the fullness of life that God offers. So in Jesus' name, we come to celebrate today. We come to encourage each other. We come to draw close to God who made us, who sent his son to us and for us, who delivers us from the dominion of darkness and brings us into the kingdom of his son, whom he loves. So let's in our minds transition from the darkness of Good Friday to the joy of Easter morning as we stand and sing, I cast my mind to Calvary.
Amen. Do please sit down. And Jesus Christ has risen, Lord, we greet you. Your hands still have holes in them. Your feet are wet from the dew. And with the memory of our names undimmed by three days of death, you meet us risen from the grave. We can't understand how. Sometimes we wonder why. But you didn't come to answer our questions. You came to show us your face. To show that you're alive. To bring your life and joy into our hearts this Easter morning. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's go back to the story of how it began that first Sunday morning. While it was still dark. Mary went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. And she ran. She ran to Simon Peter and to Jesus' favourite disciple and she said to them, they've taken the Lord from the tomb. We, We don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. They ran side by side until the other disciple ran faster than Peter and got there first. And he bent over and saw the strips of linen cloth lying inside the tomb. But he did not go in. When Simon Peter got there, he went into the tomb and saw the strips of cloth. He also saw the the piece of cloth that had been used to cover Jesus' face. It was rolled up and in a place by itself. And the disciple who got there first, then went into the tomb, and when he saw it, he believed. But at that time, Peter and the other disciple didn't know that the scripture said that Jesus would rise to life. So the two of them went back to the other disciples. And what about Mary? What happened to Mary? They just left her by herself, all alone at the tomb. Put yourself in Mary's shoes for a moment. How do you think she felt? What was going through her mind and her heart at that point in time? Just for a moment. Either reflect quietly by yourself or talk about it in your group around the table. How did Mary feel? What emotions were hers? What was she going through? What was her experience? Having, yeah, in the light of what happened, how did she feel? And in a moment, I'll, I'll record your responses on flip chart. So take a moment just to consider or to discuss and Mary's feelings. What do you reckon? If you're ready to go, you can go now, because some people take ages to make up their minds, but if you've figured it out already, call it out. Lila. Scared, sad and worried. Three answers from you. Yeah, Grace? Scared, sad, worried and alone. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. Yes? Anxious? Yep. Confused, absolutely, yes. Any more? Sorry? Perplexed. 
This is texting our knowledge of English synonyms, isn't it? It's grand, yes. Aren't we a literate congregation? This is amazing. Bewildered, yes, any more. Devastated, thank you. Yeah, let's not forget that we know the end of the story. As far as she's concerned, someone has still stolen the body. And she doesn't know what's happened. So actually, yeah, in a bad way. Yep. Cross. Cross with who, Ian? With whoever took her Lord. I imagine she's not too happy with, with Peter and the beloved disciple either, actually, just leaving her alone by herself. Yep. Okay, one more. No? Okay, that's fine. Thank you. So she experiences all of those things. How many of you feel or have felt any of those these past weeks? For different reasons. There's a story in the Celtic tradition. A man was once asked, what do you gain by regularly praying to God? Nothing, the man replied. But let me tell you what I lost. Anger. Ego. Greed. Depression. Insecurity. And the fear of death. Sometimes the answer to our prayers isn't gaining, but losing. And what we lose is the benefit of prayer. If you're sitting downstairs, in a cup or in a bowl, there is wrapped up a Sterident tablet. Can I invite you to, 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 to take it out of the cup or bowl and hold it in your hand? Please do not put it in your mouth or put it near your eyes. I do some spare here. If anyone upstairs would like to come and grab the box and take it up and give it to anyone who would like one, then people upstairs can participate as well. But, um, yeah. It has a warning sign on it, uh, because actually this is nasty stuff. And it can be harmful if you eat it or swallow it or get it near your eyes. But let me invite you to hold the, the, the tablet in its packaging in your hand and just take a moment to reflect on all the rubbish that is in your life, all the stuff that is harmful and damaging to yourself and to those around you, your relationships. So that might be anger, that might be a lack of forgiveness, that might be a readiness to criticise others. That might be a grievance going back for years that you've never let go of. But hey, today's Easter Sunday. And Jesus died and rose again. And he died and rose again to set us free from the past and everything that destroys us and our relationships. And the baptism is open this morning. The baptist is open because that symbolises the grave where Jesus died. And he died to take all of that rubbish out of your life 
and he rose again to give you a new start. When someone is baptized in the water, they go down into the water, come up out of the water, die into the past, living a new life with Jesus. There's not enough water in there to baptize anyone this morning. And a little bit at the bottom. But there is enough for you to unwrap your steroidant tablet, drop it back in the cup or bowl without touching it, and then take it and just drop it into the baptistry. And hopefully, the big idea is, you will see it fizz and disappear. And I hope we can get that on the screen. There we are, you see. So those who are actually coming down, or those of you at home, can actually watch people's rubbish disappear in the water of the baptistry. If you've not got a tablet, just in your mind, hold on to that rubbish in your hand, and when you're ready... Just let it go. Let Jesus take it from you. You might have steroid end tablets at home. I don't know. If you use dentures and stuff, you might have. You can do this experiment at home. Uh, but if not, then just, just imagine holding something in your hand. And let it go. So when you're ready, when you're ready, come, tip the tablet out, drop it in the water. You might want to watch it dissolve for a minute or two. And when you do, please take a moment to look at the beautiful Easter garden that Play School have made for us to celebrate Easter. So if you'd like to, in your own time, come and just ask God to take away the rubbish out of your life as you drop it into the pool. Our baptistry will never have been so clean. Lord Jesus, the stuff that we've given to you, would you leave it in the grave? Take it away from us. Everything that leads to death, set us free from it. Everything that leads to life, fill our hearts and our minds with that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the tomb, so cold they laid him. Let's stand and sing this together.
Amen. Do please sit down. So back to Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene stood crying outside the tomb. And she was still weeping when she stooped down and saw two angels inside. They were dressed in white and were sitting where Jesus' body had been. One was at the head and the other was at the foot. The angels asked Mary, why are you crying? She answered, they've taken away my Lord's body. I don't know where they've put him. As soon as Mary said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know who he was. Jesus asked her, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener and said, Sir, if, if you've taken his body away, please tell me so I can go and get him. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, the Aramaic word Rabboni means teacher. Jesus told her, don't hold on to me. I've not yet gone to the Father, but tell my disciples I'm going to the one who is my Father and my God, as well as your Father and your God. Mary Magdalene then went and told the disciples that she'd seen the Lord. She also told them what he'd said to her. You know, if something strikes you out of the blue for scripture as you read it, just reading it this morning struck me, what a privilege. Mary had Jesus says, don't hold on to me, I haven't been to my father yet. So even before he had touched base with his father, rising from the dead, Mary was the first to see him. An amazing privilege for her. On the tables, and I hope there's enough to go around the balcony because we copied some extra ones, there is a piece of paper with a long, long line tracing a prayer pattern. And I invite you with your finger or with a pen, and there's no particular point of entry, just to trace that and to follow it round. It's a bit like... Um, a seated labyrinth. And just as you do that, can I invite you to reflect on our experience of life. Sometimes in life it can feel as if we're just going round and round in circles, not getting anywhere. And that experience can be disempowering and frustrating. Particularly for those of us who, who want to live our lives purposefully, always wanting to find the quickest and the most direct route from A to B. Yet tracing this pattern reminds us that in all of life's twists and turns, God is with us on our journey. And as you follow the lines, ask God to help you find value and meaning in your present journey whatever direction you find yourself going. And whether you're doing this exercise or not, ask him to help you understand that where you find yourself now, how you live now, 
who you are now, these things matter more than what you want to achieve in the future, where you might want to get to in the future, who you want to be in the future. At this stage on life's journey, whatever direction you find yourself going in, God is with you. Jesus is with you. And if you trace in the pattern, the group are going to sing one more step along the world I go as you do so. doing this, there are pictures, symbols, signs hidden in the pattern. Has anybody found a heart in their picture? Yes. Well, that's just a heart. Can you describe? In the centre. Okay, just as in the corner facing into the centre, there is a heart-shaped pattern there. Thank you, well spotted. That's good. Can we have the slide, please? The heart hidden in the pattern reminds us that God's love is with us we ever, wherever we find ourselves on life's journey. In all the twists and turns of life, however confusing or chaotic that might be, God's love is always with you. Scripture says God loved the people of this world so much 
that he gave his only son. So that anyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. Anyone thought of a fish? Yes, where's the fish? Okay, yeah. People spot the fish in the, in the picture as well. Have a look for it carefully. The fish, the Greek word for fish is ichthus. Uh, and the first, it's a, uh, can't remember the technical term for it now. Um, but the word is made up of the first letter of the names of Jesus. So, Jesus Christos Theos Weosoter means Jesus Christ, God, Son, Saviour. And the, the Jesus Christos, the IX, was often used as an abbreviation for Jesus' name, and they kind of added the rest of it on and said, that makes the word fish. Let's use the fish as a symbol for Jesus. The first Christians did that. It was a kind of secret sign that they had to identify themselves to each other. And if Jesus is with us, then that affects how we live. There's a verse that says, let love be your guide. Christ loved us and offered his life for us as a sacrifice that pleases God. In the light of Easter, how should we live? We are called to walk in love as Christ loved us and laid his life down for us. Ephesians 5 verse 2. And can anybody spot a cross? Yes, where's the cross? Right in the centre, at the middle of everything else, there is a cross. And Galatians 2.20 says, I have been nailed to the cross with Christ. I have died, but Christ lives in me. And now I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And the secret of the Christian life is inviting the risen Jesus to live his life in us and through us. Especially if you don't like yourself very much, it could be quite liberating to think, I no longer live. Christ lives in me. If you think your life isn't worth very much, remember, you don't live anymore, Christ lives in you. That gives value to who you are, that gives significance to who you are, that means that your life really matters because Christ makes his home in you and lives his life in you and through you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Jesus, because you are a risen Lord, we dare to believe in life beyond death. Life which is the fulfilment of the deepest longings of our heart. And because you are a risen Lord, we dare to believe that our past failures need not wear us down. You free us from their burden just as you freed your disciples from the burden of failure that first Easter. And because you are a risen Lord, we dare to ask for renewed strength to live our lives with you and for you, starting today. And because you are a risen Lord, we dare to believe that in you we may, we may find the only life that really matters, the only life that lasts forever. Lord, live in us, and we shall truly live. Amen. So on the uh, screen is a response. And I'm going to invite you to say Jesus is alive, starting really quietly, and then getting louder as we work through. 
And um, yeah. So whispering first. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Death is overcome. Jesus is alive. He is God's one true son. Jesus is alive. We are freed from sin. Jesus is alive. And new lives can begin. Jesus is alive. On this joyful Easter day, Jesus is alive. Let's stand and sing together. Dying be the glory, risen, conquering Son. Please be seated.
Then Jesus met Mary outside the tomb. Now Jesus meets us here in this place. And we recognize and we celebrate his presence amongst us as risen Lord by eating bread and drinking wine. This is a covenant meal. There is something sacred about it. The food and drink that we share together bind us to each other and to Christ. Mary recognized Jesus when he spoke her name. Jesus knows you by name. He calls you by name this morning. And he invites you not just to remember him in bread and wine, but to meet him as your Saviour and as your Lord. Scripture says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we give expression to that faith, however strong or weak it might be this morning, by eating and drinking, to celebrate the truth that Jesus died for us and the reality that he rose again to be our Lord. So come to this table. Jesus invites you. Come not because you must, but because you may. Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come not because any goodness of your own gives you a right to come, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come because he loved you and gave himself for you. And that applies to all of us here, whoever we are, however young or old we are. The invitation is to come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. In a moment of quiet, let's test and examine our ways, return to the Lord if we need to come back to him, and lift up our hearts as well as our hands to God in heaven. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the words of the Lord's Prayer on the screen, I'd invite you to join with me in saying that we say this together as we come to share in this meal together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The Bible says the cup of blessing which we bless to sharing together in the blood of Christ. And the bread which we break, it's a sharing together in the body of Christ. So we who are many are one body because we all share in the one bread. Christ is our peace. He's reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. And rather than do all kinds of unsanitary things like shaking hands or hugging or all the kind of stuff we might do to share peace, which doesn't feel safe still, can I like you to stand and just hold your hands in the customary Eastern greeting and, and bow to acknowledge each other's presence and to honour each other and to greet each other in this way without physical contact, sharing the love of Christ in this safe but effective way. And while we do that, can I invite the deacons to join me at the front, please. But stand and let's honour each other and greet each other in this way. At this table, remember the broken body of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus, as we come to this table, we cannot forget the bodies that have been broken and the blood that is being shed in Ukraine, even as we sit here in safety. So let's spend a moment in quiet to pray for Ukraine. Lord, we try to imagine what it must be like to be in Ukraine at the moment and we recoil from it. It's too awful to contemplate. Lord, part of the message of Easter is that you have not distanced yourself from the suffering in the world, but you embraced it completely, going to the cross, taking to yourself our brokenness, our sin, our evil, our wickedness, dying our death, and rising from dead to redeem, to redeem us. Lord, make yourself your presence known in Ukraine this Sunday, we pray. And bring those people out of death into life. We pray for a reversal of violence, an end to conflict, and peace with justice. In Jesus' name. Amen. And at Easter we see Jesus lifting up the lowly. We see Jesus healing the broken. We see Jesus dying on the cross for the redemption of the world. We see Jesus rising to life, exalted on high as Lord of all. Lord, we thank you for this bread and for this wine. Speaks of your life given to us your life given for us. Thank you for each other. Thank you that we are here together. 
Thank you for your spirit who brings us grace and hope and love and peace. Lord, as we share this bread and wine, may we feed on your body and blood and be empowered for witness and service in the world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're sitting at a table, there is a roll there. Feel free when the moment comes, if you would like to, to break that roll and share it with each other. We are passing Christ to each other as we share the bread in this kind of way. Because being in Christ is not about sitting in a certain place on a Sunday morning. It is about our relationships and sharing Christ with each other. If you're in the balcony, you will be served with bread. If you'd rather not touch the roll, that's fine. There are wafers as an alternative. Whatever you feel comfortable with, uh, but we remember and acknowledge the presence of Christ in this way. And all are welcome to partake if you would like to express your faith. Paul says, I receive from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, eat. This is my body. It's given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So in your own time, can I invite you to share the bread or the wafers that are on your table and you will be served in the balcony. And in the same way, after they'd eaten, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The wine will be served. Can I invite you to hold on to your glass, please? And we will drink together as a sign of our fellowship in Christ. Thank you.
blood of Christ was given for you. Thanks be to God. As some words on the screen, say together the words in yellow. Your death, O Lord, we commemorate. Your resurrection we confess. Your final coming we await. Glory be to you, O Christ. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Stand and sing. See what a morning. Gloriously bright. Lord Jesus, because you are alive, you banish fear and replace it with love. You are always with us. You always go ahead of us, preparing the way, leading us further along your path of life. 
May we recognize and welcome and celebrate your risen presence with us this coming week. In Jesus' name. Amen.